Welcome back to the Sourcing Challenge Show. This is a bonus episode specifically for the audio audience. Um, I have had the pleasure to join Catherine Robinson on the Air Source Show. The Air Source Show was one of the inspirations for me to start this channel in the first place. Um, so I'm very happy to be able to, to join Catherine as the co-host for the show. Uh, it's a monthly audio podcast around the, the sourcing world and interesting people there. So I'm, I'm very happy to give you this special bonus episode of the relaunch of the AirSource show with my friend Ika Yusue. So enjoy and uh, you can look forward to more shows coming up from the Sourcing Challenge show. I have a couple of shows in the pipeline, so don't despair. We will be back again. Do make sure to follow the AirSource show on SoundCloud. I will put a link in the description here. Um, and I look forward to seeing you all soon again. Welcome to April 2019's episode of the AirSource podcast. I need to apologize for the literal radio silence over the past few months. Suffice it to say, a lot has happened. My co-host, Andy Mountney, has moved to Australia and is now talent acquisition lead at Atlassian. Andy won't be back on the show for the foreseeable future, so it's my absolute pleasure to introduce my new co-host, Mark Lundgren. You might know Mark from his recent keynote at SourceCon in Seattle or from his wonderful Sourcing Challenge show over on YouTube. Welcome to Team AirSource, Mark. Thank you very much. It's uh, good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. We're actually recording this on Mark's birthday, so thank you for making time in your day for AirSource, and I'm sure the whole community will want to wish you a very happy day. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> now, you've been a friend of AirSource since the very beginning and, and one of our biggest cheerleaders, so thank you. I'm sure a lot has happened since we last spoke to you. So what's going on in the world of Mark? We probably talked when we did the whole 12-hour air source marathon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's been a while. Since then, I've continued. I'm a freelance sourcer. I work more and more globally. I joined ThoughtWorks after that, after meeting Natalie, who ran Sourcing for ThoughtWorks at a conference in Amsterdam. Did that for about a year. Uh, I've had a bit in between and I just started a new gig as well where I'm, again, sourcing subject matter expert for a, a consulting company and, and kind of looking at Europe and APAC, helping them to get people. So that's very much kind of what that's about. Yeah, and on top of that, the whole um, the sourcing challenge, uh, it's an idea that's been running around my head for a lot of years and, and very much inspired by AirSource and by different other shows as well that have been around in the community, but very much around people's stories. The kind of stories you don't always get to ask when you meet people at a conference or somewhere else. So really getting in behind the kind of scenes about how people got started, who they drew inspiration from or who they learned to source from and kind of what tools and trips they use and, and specifically around different countries as well, like how they source in their own country or if people had to source in that country, how they would do that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of big pictures of what I've been working on since. Cool. I see that you and Aaron Lintz are working together on some sourcing training products. Can you tell us so, a bit yeah. more about that? I've been going to a lot of conferences the last couple of years. Uh, and one of my frustration always is that you sometimes have some very technical talks that people think are really cool. But going from that, like listening to something for half an hour, um, thinking it's cool and then going home and actually being able to replicate that, um, that's a long step. Um, specifically, Aaron is is very good at some really cool talks about how to get attendee lists off of uh, conference apps. 
um, because we no longer can find Excel mm -hmm. sheets lying around on the internet. So we kind of have to find other ways. Um, and I've heard this talk a couple of times over over the last years in kind of different versions and 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 with different sites. Uh, and a lot of people think it's cool, but they have no idea of where they would start at actually doing this. Um, so I've been kind of working with Aaron on flashing that out and kind of getting it recorded as a course on a step by step. How can people actually do what he's he's you know what he spent the last four years learning? So that's our kind of first launch of. Uh, a training product under the, the kind of under the brand of the, the sourcing challenge. Um, and it's something we're going to be building out. Like we're in talks with other people as well, that kind of talks that normally go over my head, but I would love to know for myself um, and, and similar with Aaron as well, like things that we think are cool and that we believe is that kind of advanced expert stage in sourcing um, that there isn't really any training products for um, so that like our community, where do we go to learn? Um, so get those people to kind of go more step by step, uh, recorded video, screen sharing, um, and rather than just giving a half an hour talk or a one hour webinar, actually, you know, go down and, and sit down and record that. And like, how do we, how could people get started with what you're doing and step by step going into that? So that's what we're going to continue working on. I can't on. wait. Sounds brilliant. What about you? You, uh, I know you've been on a, on a contract with Expedia. Um, what have you been yeah, doing there? So I spent six months with Expedia. I've actually just finished. They've had a sourcing function in the past, which is kind of centralized. And then they were experimenting yeah. with having sources as part of their recruitment teams. So yeah, it was interesting. Steep learning curve for me because I've never really done tech sourcing before which sounds weird mm. for a sourcer because I know most of us <laughs> source in tech. <laughs> but um, but for me, yeah, it was, it was sort of a first venture in that direction. So my first time, you know, trying to track down diverse candidates for Java developer roles, looking for data mm -hmm. scientists, which, you know, wasn't as new for me because I've done quite a bit over the last couple of years in data and analytics and, and things like that. But But yeah, the tech stuff was new, Java developers, product managers, you know, looking at kind of big data engineers, things like that. That was that was all new for me. So what does the rest of the year look yeah, like for you so, then? So um, at the moment, um, I've just kicked off um, a little, uh, a new thing. Um, it's called the Recruiting Gym. So a friend of mine um, called Alex Moyle has, has set this up. It's his brainchild. And the Recruitment Gym is aimed primarily at agency recruiters. And there are various experts or coaches within the gym. And the idea is that, you know, recruiters would sign up like a gym membership. It's, you know, it's a few pounds a month and yeah. you get access to um, essentially it's, it's a paid for forum. So you can go in there and ask questions and you're kind of guaranteed an answer from, you know, from mm -hmm. either somebody else in the community or from, you know, one of the coaches or experts. So I'm in there as the sourcing coach at the moment. Um, so I'll be doing a little weekly webcast and kind of sharing, um, you know, content that I think is useful and generating conversation and stuff in there around sourcing. Yeah, if you fancy trying out the recruitment gym, um, if any of our listeners want to, um, I'll include a link in the show notes to join the gym free for seven days. That could be interesting. I'm also looking at doing um, a coding course as well over the next few months. So I've just signed up for that and I'll start around the end of this month. So, yeah, I think it's, it's sort of on the list of a lot of recruiters, a lot or particularly sources. <laughs> Wait, 
Which, which language um, are you well, starting with? Well, I've started off with something easy. So the goal is to build a website, which is something that I've done before. Mm-hmm. But this is more diving into yeah, a bit more of actual coding. So, you know, there'll be, you know, simple things like HTML, but it'll also look at CSS, jQuery, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of dipping my toe in the water and seeing where that leads me. And then really the rest of the year, I'm going to try and do something different, something not recruitment related. Um, so I don't know, people that follow me on Twitter might know that I'm a knitter. Um, so yeah, I knit a lot of stuff. <laughs> I almost always have a knitting project on the go, which I do while I watch TV. Yeah, it's long been an interest, but it's starting to call to me in a in a deeper way. And uh, I'd like to see if I can make some yarn-based income streams a reality. So I'm kind of giving myself permission to work on that a day or two a week for the rest of the year and, and see what happens. Well, we are yeah. living in the gig economy. So uh, <laughs> side hustles uh, galore. <laughs> there, there is a technology play for that, definitely. Our guest on this episode has recently uh, won the title as uh, SourceCon Grandmaster. I was in Seattle when they announced the winner. I remember from way back when, when I started following sourcing, you won this title. Tell us a bit about that experience. You were the uh, you know, original gangster when it comes to, uh, to winning titles in, in, in competitions and sourcing <laughs> for Europe. Um, yeah, it seems such a long time ago. It feels like another life, really. Uh, it, it was 2010, so nine years ago now. And I think so much of it was down to luck at the time. You know, I say luck, I've just been made redundant. So um, (laughs) luck in one form, (laughs) not so much in the other. So I had time on my hands and we were snowed in. So I was just stuck in the house with nothing to do. And there was a SourceCon qualifying challenge. I just spent about five days straight doing nothing but working on this challenge which which is really a luxury because I imagine the people I was competing against had you know jobs <laughs> so, uh, so you know perhaps I got through when you know I might not otherwise have done then yeah I got to fly out to San Diego that time and compete and, and yeah I, I kind of arrived and was just starstruck that these people that you've only seen on the internet and there they are in real life and you're going to be competing against them I competed against Mike Notaro, who was the only Grandmaster Sorcerer at the time. He'd won twice. Irina Shamaeva, yep. Lisa and Lisa Offert. <laughs> and, you know, these are three people mm-hmm. who I really looked up to and admired. And I just couldn't believe I was there competing against them. The challenge was sort of a mixture of online and offline treasure hunt. So we were kind of running around this Marriott hotel in San Diego with like our laptops pressed to our ears because <laughs> part of the clue was like a, a blog talk radio podcast thing. So we were trying to listen to the clues and, and run around the hotel. It was just bizarre. Everyone else had gone to a drinks reception. And yeah, and I ended up just going to the drinks reception as well and asking people what they thought I should be doing. So, uh, so yeah, I kind of crowdsourced my win before crowdsourcing was really a word that I knew yeah um yeah I don't know Uh, I think I owe my I think I owe my win to a lot of circumstances but it was fun and I got so many opportunities (laughs) off the back of it it was brilliant I learned so much I can't really recommend taking part in things like that enough they introduced me to so many new things and so many people it's just brilliant but it still took nine years for another European to yeah to actually that's mad I can't believe it (laughs) <laughs> but at least there was three Europeans in the top three. So yeah, uh, we're, right, we're slowly getting there. Um, 
get out there and fly the flag. Exactly. <laughs> We're now joined by Ika Yusue, who is fresh off a win of the SourceCon Grandmaster Challenge. Welcome to the show, Ika. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. I think the last time we chatted to you on AirSource, you were with Solutions Driven. It seems like a lot has changed for you since then. Can you catch us up on what you're working on now? Yes, definitely. So I think we were in Searching Summit, uh, actually, and we discussed, I think, after one of the hackathons there. Uh, for the last year, I've been like doing like some consulting work, mainly here in the UK and also in Spain with different clients, focusing on sourcing delivery, some end-to-end recruitment campaigns, like some consulting advising strategy for companies that were not sourcing, doing like also some bespoke in-house trainings, mainly in Spain. Cool. Now, as you say that, we always seem to chat to you after you've just won a sourcing challenge of some kind. <laughs> um, what is it that you think makes you so good at them? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not that I try to compete in all of them. No? And as Mark knows, <laughs> also, for example, I, I wasn't able to properly compete in the hackathon in Budapest SourceCon last year. So <laughs> it's not that I try to go after absolutely all, all of the opportunities. But I, I think that I'm very competitive. So if I have a chance and it's the right setting I, and I have time, <laughs> it's the right moment for me to go. I, I will give it a try at least. And I think that's, that's important. No, it's always, it's part of like competing. It's like also like trying to play a game, but also like trying to push yourself and trying to go after one goal. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, absolutely. Congratulations on winning the title. Thank you. Um, I know you were close last year as well. Um, yeah. you were in the final. Um, what, what did that competition look like this year around? So I won't say that it was easy because it was very, very challenging for me. So I think I still need to put like some of my ideas together after what I saw. I have some learnings after this. And I think that's also quite a good point of participating in these kind of competitions because you learn about things about yourself that you have to do and to apply maybe in your day-to-day work. No, And so this time we had to find like a, the URL to start competing. So it was like first very interesting challenge uh, where um, you couldn't have started until you get the URL of the of the challenge itself of the online competition and and then I timed it a two hours online questions many many different types of specific challenges to find like some details about persons like some information all over the web, like in many different venues, but also from the US, but also relevant ones for Europe. So it was like quite also refreshing because actually at some point of the competition, I thought it was like very, very biased to the US, like trying to find phones and things like that, that are maybe sometimes more difficult, no? But then I started seeing some questions related to Europe sourcing, like seeing, for example, or some meetups in Europe and, and all the things and was like, okay, that's, that's quite more, adapted not to what I've been doing in the past. It was it was quite complex at the end. Uh, and having this time limitation, uh, also two hours to complete the, the last challenge was, I think, very, very difficult to go, go across. No, I think part of the learnings were related actually to have like some kind of a strategy that um, I had to think about it like uh, very, very quickly and uh, to say, okay, so I need to go after the maximum number of right questions. And I'm, I'm one of these persons that sometimes able to dedicate a lot of time 
to research something or to investigate what would be the best answer. And here I had to fight against myself and try to say, okay, if some, if one of the questions is going to take a few minutes or if you see that it's too much, you need to move on. You need to move to the next one and complete as many as possible. And that's part of the strategy and, and the learning that I have from this SourceCon Grandmaster Challenge. Cool. Do you have any tips for people who haven't tried a sourcing challenge or a hackathon before? Yes, definitely. You need to try them. That's, that's the first trip. Like, no, don't think about like something that is going to be like super difficult or impossible. I think that it depends a lot on the content and the questions. It, you might be asked some things that you don't know about and that's fine. But I think that it, it's part of the learning you know, and, and playing to learn and trying to push yourself. You know? that, that's what I was saying in the beginning. I think that if you can always also like try to know in advance how the hackathon or the competition is going to be, but um, try to think about different scenarios, you no, know, where um, and try to think quickly how you are going to solve it, you no, know, because it's not the same if you're going to be in a competition that is timed and you have like a specific amount of time to solve it. That is something that is going to be more in the in the long term and uh, where you need to deliver some some very specific answers, you no, know, and uh, so that's that's part of the of the learning too. And I guess, I mean, Jan Tix's sourcing games is a good place to start as well, especially if you've okay. never done any other hackathons. Both mm-hmm. some of the SourceCon conference hackathons and the amazing mm-hmm. hiring hackathons are on Jan's system as well. So there's mm-hmm. a lot to try before you sit in the real thing and, and just either try as a team or try mm-hmm. for yourself. Totally, yes. And I think that actually when, when we spoke about like the, the sourcing summit hackathon in Amsterdam a few years ago, I mentioned also about the sourcing games were involved somehow, and it's definitely a good training. But the the good thing that I see is like uh, as they are combined also with other scenarios where you have to think about other possible answers and to behave differently. I think is is part of the of the game itself. No, so but I I always recommend like to do sourcing games uh, as as much as possible, like just to solve uh, some type of situation that you are not used to, uh, even if you get stuck. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I get stuck too. Uh, it's not that I'm able to solve any kind of sourcing competition or sourcing game or whatever. I I I've spent like hours and days with sourcing games uh, levels that I haven't been able to complete. And that's part of the fun and that's part of the learning and trying to get through and trying to do this for yourself and for the impact that it's going to have in your own learning and development. No? You're, you're also be going to be speaking at uh, SourceCon in Amsterdam next month. Yes, yes. What's your topic and what can people expect from your talk? So it's, it's one of the most important things for me in, in sourcing and identification mainly about like playing with language, you know, with the words. So I have kind of a obsession with that and with translating stuff and finding synonyms and when, when building searches, you know, I think it's like, for some, maybe it's like something very basic, but I, I've seen it like in so many places that even if it's basic, it's not something that we are always willing to do. And the differences like in languages that we have in Europe, as you know, is huge. We have more than 27 uh, different countries and different languages uh, without taking the regional ones in some countries like in Spain, for example, where you can have like some additional regional languages. When you go to a training, for example, and you show them that you can have like so many more results, just adding the translated keyword or job title 
it seems that uh, something that is super easy to do, but is something that is often forgotten sometimes. No, so I'm going to try to discuss this and like also like other venues to find talent in Europe. I think like part of the diversity that we have with all the different countries that are part of, of the European region, no, uh, are also that we are having like different sources that are very very um, specific to one uh, country and they require like different approach a different approach to use them a different approach to, to do the searches uh, some of them they might give you some things and others they don't and so it's going a, a little bit about around the resources no and how to how to make this kind of international recruitment in europe like a uh, sourcing wise work for you that's the plan that sounds brilliant i'm really looking forward to it <laughs> yeah you, you remind me um I see you working hard to promote sourcing to Spanish speakers. Can you tell us a little bit more about your work there? Yes, yeah, so, so all this comes like after like some discussions that we had in in this surfing summit in October 2017, where I met like some other people from Spain or some Spanish speakers, and I think that um, there is kind of a a gap, no, sometimes between uh, sourcing in Spain that is something that is. Uh, uh, is happening and a lot of people is doing, but the the community is not so connected to the rest of the world, like the, especially to the uh, other communities in across Europe, in the UK or France or even in the US. No, so I I try to create this community on Facebook to have a place where Spanish speakers all over the world also uh, were able to. Um, be there and share some of the practices in Spanish and uh, people that is maybe more new to sourcing in Spain uh, can learn and and some of the particularities but not having like been like very very actively uh, in into growing it so it's like more something like that is, is still ongoing and I think like with the some of the meetups that we had also with SourceCon in Spain and like some conferences that are happening in Spain, like uh, Hired Barcelona. Uh, I think the community is getting um, even more and more together and, and being connected you not know, to to SourceCon and to other events and uh, other people working in active uh, recruitment and in sourcing across the world. You no, know? so and I think that's that has been like also some kind of like my my goal no with all this is like just trying to put together um these two worlds no so there is a as i say in the beginning there is a few of a gap no there's some gap like kind of like between i would say us uk sourcing world and a uh, at least uh, spain maybe also countries and i i want to bring that together no because i think that um there are amazing people in spain that is has been doing sourcing for a long time and that we have to learn a lot from them and and likewise it goes like in both directions no so why not putting all these two communities together no i think for me as a spanish person that came to the uk to work here in 2015 um, and that i've been very involved uh, with the uh, community over here it only makes sense to do it like this so Ike, you were one of the first guests on my sourcing challenge show. Mm -hmm. And back then you mentioned that you especially liked using uh, custom search engines. Mm -hmm. um, are they still working for you or have you had other tools that's kind of taken their place? Yes, 
I think at, at the time I, I was like playing around a little bit the custom search engines, um, but I haven't been like working with them so much. I recently I've been like uh, working with uh, during the last year with other tools like uh, mainly combining like, amazing hiding with Lemlist and and using like a multi-channel type of approach uh, as you know uh, learning also from some of the um, uh, well some of the things that uh, I've seen uh, working with, with you of course and um, having like this kind of like approach where you can use and discover uh, emails for example with amazing hiding you can create a campaign with uh, different um, points of uh, contact uh, using like maybe email linkedin other social media that has been like indexed via um, amazing hiding for example and automating like some campaigns and and also at the same time like trying to put more work into the very important part of engagement at the end, like uh, going through the all the personalization and uh, trying to make a more targeted approach, uh, being like more relevant. No, so this has been like part of like nothing like a super technical and very very fancy in that sense, but uh, some kind of like uh, polishing this. That makes sense. Seeing sourcing more as a more as a campaign than. Mm -hmm. uh, than just a search and, a, and an outreach. You just mentioned like campaigns. I think there's uh, there is so much to learn still from from sales and marketing and last day direction. Know that I, I'm, I'm I'm taking. No, and also uh, I I had it clear. I think like uh, when I saw the the presentation that uh, Mark you did in in 2017, like uh, speaking about the calendar, like the multiple points and uh, using like all some other channels like uh, videos and things like that, and that's I think uh, it's something super important to to continue doing. No, that's where I am. Oh. At the moment. If our it. listeners want to connect with you online, uh, where are they best to find you? So I think classic LinkedIn, definitely. I Twitter. I I also try to use Twitter, and I, I should. We'll, uh, we'll include some links. But to LinkedIn and Twitter should be fine. So thank you very much for taking the time to join us, and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to us on AirSource. I look forward to joining you for more audio adventures on next month's episode. If you're going to SourceCon in Amsterdam on the 21st and 22nd of May, don't forget to come and say hi. If you, for some reason, have not gotten tickets to that yet, go to europe.sourcecon.com and register. Use the discount code, which is brought to you by uh, Hong Lee's Recruitment Brain Food that Again, if you're not signed up for, you definitely should be. The discount code BRAINFOOD, all capital letters, will give you a 30% discount on the individual ticket price. So uh, that should give uh, get the price down to a level that everybody should be able to get. So hopefully see you all there. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Until next time, everyone, happy sourcing. <laughs>